Hello, it is Rachel. I mean, obviously, I'm not sure who else would be recording episodes on my podcast, but um, here I am. Here I am. If you are subscribed to my weekly email, then maybe you know that this last weekend I moved. Um, More specifically, this last weekend I moved out of our house into my new place and it was um, was really hard. It was really hard. You know, I think part of me sort of thought that having my own place would be exciting. Like I, I tried to think like, oh, it's, you know, it's fresh or it's a it's new, you know, you get to get new bowls or whatever. Um but mostly it just felt weird and awful and hard. If you are not familiar, if this is your first week ever listening to the podcast, dang, I'm sorry. Go back and listen to like 145 episodes before this one uh, because you've just happened to catch me in a really hard season of my life. I am getting divorced, but I'm still here and I still promised myself that I would be present for my life and that I would be present for my work. And my work has always been this, has always been writing and podcasting and most of the time has been a really authentic look at what is happening in my life. And it just so happens that what is happening isn't great. And that's where I find myself this week is on the other side of a weekend where I moved out of my house. And on the one hand, I suppose it's a good thing because it is very hard to be getting divorced but still inhabiting the same space. Dave and I have still held really tightly to our friendship and to our unwavering desire to be the best parents and to make sure that our family is strong. So I think that we are handling this as well as two people can, and it's still really hard. So all of that to say, that is where I am. I am in a house that is empty, and I'm just in it. I'm in it. And I promise uh, this is not what this podcast is going to be. I'm not just going to come on here each week and verbally process the hard thing I'm going through because I don't think that serves any of us. But I do at least want to begin with where I'm at and the knowledge that it's not great. I think we as people, as humans, tend to be made so uncomfortable by other people's discomfort that it sort of teaches us that we're not supposed to ever say when we're having a hard time. I don't believe I'll be in a hard season forever, but I am in one right now, and that's where I'm at. I had sent out an email a couple of weeks ago. I send a weekly email, which if you're not subscribed, you should be. I, um, I'll put the, the link for it in the show notes, but um, 
I sent out an email and I talked about the things that I was doing right now that have been helpful for me in a really hard season. And I got such an amazing response from the community about that, that I thought I would talk about it here. Just some of the things that I'm doing as I navigate this difficult season. And for me, it's because I'm walking through, you know, my marriage dissolving. But for you, it could be any kind of hard season that you're going through. And I think that some of these things might be helpful to you. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. So I am going to talk about what is helping. And maybe these are things that you've heard people say before, and maybe something I'm going to say will be totally new and different, but either way, I hope that it's helpful. So the first thing that has been really helpful for me over the last two months of going through this is journaling. And I know y'all have heard this before. Um, And I know you've heard me talk about Start Today Journal. That's not what I mean in this instance. I mean old school diary, open a page in a notebook, you know, open something. I don't think it should be in the computer. I think it's really important that you write it with like use your hand, write it down on paper. I just think there's something very cathartic about that. So I've been journaling and it has really helped because – I think there's so many feelings inside of me. I'm feeling everything. I feel desperately sad and so angry and scared and unsure. And I haven't lived by myself since I was 18. And that was a one-room apartment. And I'm splitting custody of my kids. And there's just so much inside of me. And journaling is like access to a therapist at any hour of the day. So it gives me this opportunity to just write and write and write. And I write pages of uncensored, here's what I'm thinking, don't judge myself, let it all out. And it has really allowed me to come to terms with a lot of the things that I'm thinking or solidify my thoughts or in some cases know what it is I want to say in a helpful, thoughtful way before bringing that thought to other people. So journaling has been really helpful and it's something you can do right now. It doesn't have to be in a special notebook. It can just be in any old piece of paper at all, but it has really been helpful. So I've been doing my regular start today journal work and then I've been doing journaling like in diary format and that has really been powerful for me. I would also say I have adjusted my Start Today journal 
you know, my 10 dreams. If you guys have the journal, then you know what I'm talking about. I have adjusted those 10 dreams to be things that are a little closer to where I am in my life. Normally, I encourage you to pick 10, 10 years in the future and these big, massive dreams and all of that stuff. But right now, I'm choosing things that are much closer, things that I want to accomplish in the next six months because everything in my life feels like it's in such upheaval. It feels important to bring those dreams closer to me. So even if you're not going through the same thing that I am, maybe you you know, got furloughed inside of COVID or your business is struggling or you are dealing with someone in your family who is sick or whatever the case may be and you're struggling with your Start Today journal work because those dreams are so far away from you, pull the dreams in tighter. The next thing that has really helped me and I want to encourage this no matter what you're going through in life is researching. So I'm a huge believer that anything we want to do better in life exists right now on the internet for free. Like the knowledge to do anything better, to be a better parent, to eat healthier, to understand how to move your body, to grow your business, to handle the stress of COVID, like literally anything you want to know how to do right now on the internet, there is information for free that you can access. So I am a huge researcher and during this process of splitting up, I I've never done this before and neither has Dave and we don't know the answers and so we have turned to research as much as we can. Research has been so helpful to give me clues, but here's the key that I think most people miss. You want to do research for specific knowledge, not just general information. So if I go right now and I look for books on divorce, I am going to find thousands of options, and all of those are what the author of that book thought was most important to discuss in terms of divorce. It's not necessarily specific to me. So for instance, when we had to tell our kids, which was one of the most awful things in the whole world, not even going to talk about it. It was horrible. When we had to tell our kids we didn't know how to tell them and we wanted to do research to look for specific information. But everything that we found about telling your kids was basically a, a, a scenario that didn't apply to our family. So all of the research that we found said things like, well, obviously your kids have been listening to you fight for months and months, so use the fighting as an example for your kids of why your relationship no longer works. Only that is not our story, and our kids haven't been listening to us fight. So we didn't have that as an example, and then the research and the information we were looking at felt like it didn't make sense for us. So we had to do specific research about couples who were choosing to separate in a way that wasn't contentious, in a way that wasn't hateful. And honestly, it was pretty hard to find what we were looking for. But I worry that if we hadn't done the due diligence to figure out the exact right way to speak from our perspective and to what's going on in our family, it would have been a disservice to our children. 
So whatever it is you're going through, don't look for general information. Research like the exact words down to like if you're um, if you own a bakery that's struggling because of what's happening in the world right now, you can go so far as to research cookie bakery in COVID-19, how to market cookies online, how to grow my business in Arkansas during COVID, like use very specific information that applies to you and you're going to find such better answers. The third thing is something y'all have heard me talk about a million times before, but I'm never going to stop telling you that therapy is the answer, man. Therapy is so incredibly helpful. And I can't imagine going through what we're going through and not being in therapy. So yeah, all the therapy. It's a, it's different now, right? Like I don't see a therapist in person. I do virtual therapy sessions. I do them in my car because for the longest time I didn't want my kids to hear what I was talking about. Um, I didn't want them to run in and interrupt. And so I would go sit in my car, like drive my car, you know, around the corner from my house and sit in my car and do my therapy that way. There's therapists now that you can text, um, you can do phone calls. There's so many options. And I just really want to encourage you. There's not one thing going on in your life right now that's hard that couldn't be helped by talking to a counselor. So if that's something that you know that you need to do, but you've been putting it off, I really want to encourage you to do it, to do the research. And if it's your first time doing therapy, you might not know. So I want to make sure and tell you that you might have to try a few different counselors or therapists before you find someone who works for you. I definitely have gone through all kinds of therapists and It's not that they're bad people. It's just there's a specific style that I'm looking for. It's kind of like dating. You have to try out a few before you find what's right. And you might be with a therapist and love them at one season in your life and then try them again later and they don't make sense for where you are now. So just consider it. If you already go to therapy, you don't need me to tell you to do it. This is more for the people who know that they need to, but haven't wanted to do the work. The work is hard. The work sucks. The work is you looking at what's really going on. And oftentimes, especially in the hardest season, that work makes it worse for a while. Nobody talks about that. Everyone's like, go to therapy, it'll help. But what they don't tell you is that before it's better, it gets worse. Because most of us guard our feelings and we shove them down where we don't think they can hurt us and we don't want to examine what's really going on and we don't want to have a mirror held up to our lives and where we're struggling and where we're falling short and that's what therapy is. It's hard work, but it's good work and I would not be the person that I am today if I hadn't had the courage again and again and again in my life to look at what was going on and to be willing to sit with someone each week and process all the things that were in my heart and my head. The fourth thing that is really helping me right now is 
talking with friends, but specifically talking with friends who know. And what I mean by that is talking with friends who have also gone through divorce. This is kind of the same idea as researching for specific knowledge. It's talking with people who understand. You know, when all of this happened, when we finally announced what was going on, I got all sorts of text messages from friends and acquaintances and work colleagues. And the ones that meant the most to me were the ones who had also gone through a divorce because they understood. They understand how awful it is. They understand what it feels like. They understand the things that nobody else understands. I have a handful of friends who've gone through similar things and being able to speak to them about what's going on has given me solidarity, has given me hope. Like the amount of people who've been like, dude, I thought that my life was over and it's not and it gets better. But someone who hasn't gone through this telling me that it'll get better, it's hard to believe But if it's a friend who's gone through something similar and they tell me that it'll get better and that the kids will be great and that we will look back on this someday and it won't hurt as badly as it does right now, I believe those people. So if you are going through something in your life, you might not be able to find people who know exactly what it feels like. But whether it's your friendship circle or your church community, or you go find an online group for exactly what you're dealing with, it's way more powerful to speak with people who know. Talking about speaking with people, uh, the fifth thing that has been really helpful in this season is boundaries, is sticking to my boundaries unapologetically. I have honestly been kind of shocked, not by um, the mean things that people said on the internet, though they certainly have. Uh, I guess at least that you kind of expect because the internet can be ugly sometimes. We know that. What I've been shocked is by the people who know me, um, acquaintances or friends, and I'm using air quotes, who have just said totally inappropriate things totally inappropriate about what is happening, who've asked inappropriate questions, who have sent message after message, I'm here, let's talk, they're calling. And for me personally, just here, here's my thing. I do not process painful things with others. I don't do that. I don't feel comfortable. I don't like it. I have been this way since I was a little girl. I process with a therapist and I process with my closest best friends and by myself. But I am not about to have conversations with anybody else about the hard stuff that I'm going through. It's just not the way I'm wired. And I am allowed to process however I need to. And you are allowed to process or grieve whatever you're going through the way you need to. 
And other people don't get a say in how that works. I remember when we lost my brother-in-law last year unexpectedly. Um, If you weren't with me then, um, my brother-in-law, Michael, had a heart attack last September. And it was a total shock. And it was devastating to our family. He'd been a part of our family since I was Um, since as long as I have memory, he and my sister met when they were uh, 12 and 13 years old. And watching my sister so bravely handle the grief of her childhood sweetheart and her best friend and her husband and the father of her children pass away was um, amazing to behold. But in her process... I remember people having an opinion on how she should be grieving. Like, oh, shouldn't she be crying more? Or shouldn't she be doing this? Or, oh, shouldn't she have experienced anger yet? Like, screw you. You do not get to tell someone else how to grieve. You do not get to put someone else on your timeline. You do not get to rush someone else's process. You don't get to do that. And also, if you're the person inside of it, Nobody gets to tell you how to feel those things or when to feel those things. You are in charge of that journey and you have to put boundaries in place that don't allow other people to weigh in. And so I have straight up blocked a lot of people. People have sent rude things or inappropriate things or offered an opinion that was totally uncalled for and I didn't even respond I just straight up blocked them and I've never done that in my life because I've always been worried that I would hurt someone's feelings or they would be mad at me and man I have given myself permission in this season to just not engage when it's not appropriate or when it doesn't feel healthy for me I've had a lot of people reach out I'm here I just want to understand, like I've heard that a lot from family members, I just want to understand. And I'm like, you don't get, you. that's not your right. That's not your right. I'm not in a place where I want to talk about it now, if ever. But even if I did, just because you want to understand doesn't mean you get to. And that rubs some people the wrong way. And that's very frustrating. But boundaries are beautiful and boundaries make it possible for us as humans to be safe and to heal and to not carry other people's emotional weight as we try and process our own emotional weight. I asked my therapist recently how I would know where to put a boundary and she said if the people in your life are doing something that they've done before and it really frustrates you or hurts you or gives you anxiety or makes you angry and you want to tell them that it's not okay to do what they're doing but you worry that you're going to hurt their feelings or that they're going to be mad she's like that is where you need a boundary she said if you're worried that you're going to ask for something that you need and someone else is going to call you selfish for asking for that that is where you need a boundary. And so I'm putting a lot of boundaries in place. 
putting all sorts of boundaries around me and my family. And it's frustrating. (laughs) My Mima's called like seven times. She just wants to understand. And I'm just, as much as I love my family, I'm not going to unpack my pain to make them feel more comfortable. So maybe you need a boundary in your life. And I hope that I can encourage you to begin to set them in place and then to hold firmly to what they are once you have them. The next thing that has been really helpful for me is prayer, is prayer. And that kind of sounds like an eye-rolling kind of thing. Like people are like, oh, yeah, obviously. But I've never prayed so much in my whole life. I pray all day. I pray before I go to bed at night, when I wake up, all day long, I'm praying. And I'm praying audibly, out loud, all day. I'm talking to God, to my guardian angels, like literally to anything that might hear me. I think part of it is that it helps me to say the things that are hurting me out loud. But it also makes me feel safe. You know, my faith is a massive part. It's a cornerstone in my life. It's been with me as long as I have memory and holding on to it in a season like this one is incredibly grounding and powerful for me. So yeah, prayer. Prayer has really helped. The last thing is a different approach to daily movement. So you've probably heard me say before how important movement, exercise, workouts are in my life. I work out every single day for at least 30 minutes, seven days a week. It's a big thing for me. It's a huge stress reliever. It makes me feel really good. It's just, it's very, it's a very important ritual. But I have not been able to do my normal workouts in this because, um, I don't know another way to say it except that I feel I have felt weary in spirit. Like I feel like my, I don't, you know, people talk about auras. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know much about that. But I feel like if someone could read an aura and they were looking at mine right now, it would be like gray and barely glowing. Um, And I think that's probably very normal. I feel like I just feel weary and I didn't want to lose this ritual that's really important to me. So I have continued to do my workouts every day, but I've done what I would call intuitive movement instead of having sort of the checklist of things that I want to get through. I have just listen to my body. And man, y'all, listen, hear, hear me, please. If you're going through a hard season, this, is, this has been incredibly powerful for me and I've never done it this way before. But I would do my same ritual. I'd have my pre-workout. I'd put my workout clothes on, put on my sneakers, and I'd go out to the gym. And then I would just be like, what do you feel like doing? And a lot of days I would put on music and dance around for 30 minutes. Literally all I would do, just sort of bop around, jump up and down, no real equipment. I would just dance. 
there were other days where I felt so weary that I would just stretch 30 minutes of stretching. And some days I would add in a little bit of free weight. And some days I would do some combination of both. And some days I would go on a long run. But I really have just listened to my body and what it needs. Like I'm not trying to break any records. I'm not trying to build any muscle or work anything off. I don't believe in that idea anyway. I'm just out there moving and moving in a way that feels honoring to my body and to where I am right now. I want to leave my workouts right now feeling energized and like I just took care of myself, not like I just worked it out. So intuitive movement has been really powerful for me. And if you're in something hard, ask yourself what your body needs, not what standard you need to meet today. So that is where I'm at. And that is what is helping me. I I'm here. That's kind of all I can keep saying. You know, my family reaches out or my friends reach out. How are you? How's it going? And all I can say is I'm still here. I was driving the other day to go, you know, to Target for like the 50th time to get stuff for the house. You know, you're, you come home and you're like, oh, I don't have trash cans or, oh, I don't have toilet paper. And I was driving to go... And I just, I felt so low. I just, you know, wished that I could be on the other side of this. And I have a bad habit in my life of trying to move through hard things too quickly, trying to fix them so that I don't have to feel uncomfortable and so that I don't have to feel all this pain and I have promised myself, I have promised you, my community, I have promised my best friends that I will sit in this. And now I will call it hard when it's hard and that I will move through it. I'm moving through it just very slowly and it hurts and it's hard. And that's okay. And you know what? I will come out the other side of this so much stronger. I will. I will appreciate the good days so much more if I will sit in the hard ones and learn what lesson there is to be learned in all of this and become stronger for my children and be better for myself. But I can't do that if I hide away from the pain. And I was sitting in the car, you know, driving, and I was just feeling so low and so sad. And I was talking to myself, man, please tell me that other people have gone through this and you are talk. I just talked to myself all day because no one's here. I'm by myself. (laughs) So when I'm not with my kids, I'm talking to myself all day. And I was talking to myself and I was like, it's going to get a little bit better every day. But today still sucks, which is honest and optimistic. And that's where I am. It's going to get a little bit better every single day. And you know what? 
I also understand if some of you are going through something hard and you're like, you know what, Rach, I can't consume you going through hard things. I'll be back in three months when you're joyful and optimistic and cracking jokes again. I freaking get it. And I support you. Or you can go listen to old episodes of the podcast. But right now, I'm in it. And I'll get a little bit better every day. But it still sucks. Life is beautiful and hard and becoming and new and raw and scary and hopeful. It's all the things. And I think most human beings, when they're honest with themselves, would say that their life is a collection of so many things, not just one feeling, good or bad, but a dichotomy of different extremes. And that's where I'm at today. So I hope some of the things I said were helpful. I hope that you are doing great. And until next time, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you.